Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Uh, All right, well, let's do it. Let's get into this series called Pre-Decide. Now, I have a question for you as as we launch into this. What do you think the difference is between the people who are fulfilled in life and those people who aren't? What do you think the number one difference is between them? Because if you look at people that are fulfilled in their lives, they have really great relationships. They seem to be flourishing at every turn. They, have, they, they, they seem sound financially. They have meaningful ministry. Like God has given them meaningful things to do that, that they are making a difference in their lives as they do it. They, they seem to really just love life. What is the difference between them and the rest of the world? Because the rest of the world seems to be struggling in all of their relationships. The rest of the world seems to be struggling financially, like they want to be generous, but they find that they're tapped out uh, at the end of the month and simply can't, or they feel like the life that they're living is meaningless, or they feel empty. What is the difference between those who are living a life that is full and fulfilled and those who are struggling? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not. It is not their intelligence. It is not their level of talent. It is not about their appearance. I think those are easy ones to say. Well, it's because they look good. It's because they're smart people or they were given better opportunities or, man, they're just really talented people. But we know that this isn't true because there are plenty of smart people who are miserable, aren't there? There are plenty of talented people that are broke. And there are plenty of attractive people who can't even hold a relationship. Some of you have dated that person. If they're in the room, don't point at them, okay? I'm just saying, you know what I'm talking about. So what's the difference between being uh, living a life that is full and fulfilled, where you are living on purpose, making a difference in the lives of other people versus the rest of the world? Well, I'll tell you, it boils down to one simple thing. And because it's one simple thing, it's something that each and every single one of us can manage, and that is our decisions. Our decisions are more important than we recognize today because the quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. In other words, we wind up making our decisions and then our decisions wind up making us. And I know that that sounds simple enough, right? It's just, it's just decisions. And if, if it's just decisions, then we'll just We'll just decide then, right? Aaron, done. Done deal. Let's go home, everybody. Let's pray together. Well, you know there's a problem. There's a problem with it just being about decisions. Hay una problema. That's Spanish, but there's a problem. Just felt like throwing that in there today. I don't, I don't even know if I said it right. Did I say it right, anybody that speaks Spanish? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did it. Victory. There's a problem. The problem is we're not great decision makers. We just aren't. We're just really, really bad at it. Like we, we, we make decisions like, hey, I want to stick to my diet. And then what do we do? We, we eat too much of all the wrong stuff. We want to be financially healthy, but, but, but there are things that we want. There are things that, that, that our hearts desire. We buy things we can't afford. We want to have healthy relationships but we say things that we'll regret. We, we want to be disciplined, but the things that we want to do, we don't do those things. The things we don't want to do, we do those things. We want to show the loved ones, our loved ones, that we 
love them and value them. And instead, what we wind up doing is hurting the people that we love the most. We are terrible decision makers. We want to be good at decisions, but most of us aren't, me included. I'm, I made a, you want to hear a really bad decision I made? I've got a lot of them, actually. I really had to decide which one to share with you all this week uh, because I don't make great decisions. Uh, you don't have to, you don't, my wife's sitting on the front row, amen. <laughs> you were a good decision. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I made one good one. Anyway, years ago, I, uh, I had taken up working out with my buddy, and uh, we, he took me to the gym, and he was built, man. He was really strong, and he was working out with this other guy. They, they, were, both, they were both used to being in the gym. I, on the other hand, was not, okay? But I was learning, and I would get into these, these cycles with them where they would, they would exercise one particular muscle group, okay? And they would do that three different ways oftentimes, and we would cycle because there was the three of us between each one taking breaks in between, right? But, but it was just we would cycle through the three and do our reps and then go on to the next one, and, and we'd do that as many times as, as they would tell me to. This is not a great decision for someone who is not initiated to gym life, okay? Well, they decided to do this calf workout. Some of you who have experienced this already know where I'm going, but they had three different exercises. And buddy, I said, I'm going to do them. It's all, you're, what are you talking about? I'm just going to do this. I can do that. Great. Put some weight on my shoulders. I can do that. Put me in different positions. I'm still doing this. It's fine. Three different spots over, over, over again. They looked at me surprised. They're like, wow, you kept up with us. I mean, I was doing the same weight that they were doing. I was impressed. I went home like, this gym thing's pretty easy. <laughs> 4 a.m. <laughs> rolls around. Now I'm living on my own, and I've been in my, uh, my own apartment maybe for about a year, and I wake up at 4 a.m. screaming for my mommy. <laughs> True story. And I called my mom at 4 a.m., because my calves were doing this, <laughs> both of them, simultaneously, doing this. I couldn't stand. I could only crawl. <laughs> and I didn't have a cell phone next to my bed. I had a phone out in the, in the, the living room. This is when it was, you know, like, like, you know, corded phones, you know what I'm talking about? So I have to crawl to a phone. And I call my mom. Cavs just doing this the whole time. I don't know what to do. Mom, oh my God, my, my, my calf. Oh, oh, mom. <laughs> Through the screams, I explained to her what I've done, and she's like, You need to get a banana. You think this is funny because you think about it in the context of today. Somebody's calling DoorDash or somebody who's going to deliver a banana to your door at 4 a.m. <laughs> nay, nay, I say. This is not happening when I was 20 years old. DoorDash wasn't even thought of yet. There's nobody bringing me a banana at 4 a.m. Nobody. Luckily, I had one in the kitchen, and I ate my banana. I ate all of them. I didn't know. I was like, I'm... I'm and I went back to sleep. It was a Sunday morning. 
And on Sunday mornings, back in that day, the church that I went to, you dressed in Sunday best. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I can barely move. And I'm dressed in a full suit. And I make it into church that Sunday morning, and I get to my seat, and I sit down. So thankful to be seated. I have never, ever, to that day or that day after, ever been in a church service that was more like a Catholic service ever in my life. We've been to a Catholic service, it's up and down, up and down, up and down, right? That day, I think the Lord was having fun with me because every up and down was, oh God, oh God. And by the time I would get up, they were ready to sit back down. <laughs> All true story. Thank you for laughing at my pain. <laughs> I had some regrets over a stupid decision. Anybody ever have regrets over a stupid decision? Yeah, we've all done dumb things, you know. We're, we're just not good decision makers sometimes. And so the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the power of our decisions. And we're going to start by answering one question. And the, the, the question is, why do we struggle to make good decisions? Why is it we struggle to make good decisions? Because we want to do the right thing. We wind up doing the wrong thing. And, and, and I understand that, that that's a bit of a long intro for today's message, but I promise we're going to look at a lot of God's Word over the next few weeks to help us understand this. But today, I think there are three reasons why we struggle. The very first reason why we struggle to make good decisions is because we're overwhelmed with choices. We're simply overwhelmed with choices. Studies suggest that we make 35,000 decisions a day. 35,000 decisions that means the decision-making process is an all-day-long, non-stop kind of situation, right? We are making 35,000 choices, we're, we're that, and that's just about, ladies, what you're going to wear before you get out the door this, that morning, right? It can be difficult to know what to wear, to know where you're going to eat, where you, what you're going to say, what, what, what Netflix show are we going to binge tonight? Like, there are lots of decisions. What, are we, what, what social media am I going to look at right now? Is it Insta? Is it Facebook? Is it Snap? Is it some other thing that I don't know about? Maybe it's TikTok. I don't know. What are we going to do? There are a lot of decisions. 35,000 decisions today. You're going to make that. And if some of you go to Cheesecake Factory, that number will be doubled because that's how many other decisions there are in their menu. <laughs> it's a book of choices. We are overwhelmed by choices, and there's too many decisions for us to make, and cognitive scientists call this decision fatigue, decision fatigue, that as the volume of decisions increase, the quality of decisions decrease. So the more decisions you have to make, the less likely you are to make a good one. That's what that means. You get tired. So many decisions to make your decider. That's your decision-making muscle, by the way. I'm calling it the decider. I've dubbed it that. It will be that for the rest of the series. Your decider gets fatigued. You just can't make choices anymore. That's why you can make really good, difficult choices throughout the day, but then you get home and, and you eat poorly, even though you intended to eat right. Or why you can make wise financial choices for two weeks, but then for whatever reason, you go out and blow your budget on something stupid that you shouldn't have bought. It, it's because we get fatigued. Our decider gets fatigued. We try to make decisions that are good, but by sheer volume of them, those decisions, that they tend to overwhelm us, and it leads to decision fatigue. And once we're fatigued, we make poor decisions. The second reason we make 
we're making really bad at making decisions is we're afraid of making a wrong choice. We're afraid of making the wrong choice. Especially, this is, I think this is especially true of Christians because we want to get it right. I don't think it's, it's something that's bad about us. It's just that, that most of us want to live a God-honoring life. Amen, everybody? We, we want that. We want, we want to do the right thing. We want to, we want to make sure that we, we take the right job. We want to make sure that, that you know, our kids are going to the perfect school, that, that, you know, that we live in the right house, in the right community. We want to make sure that our marriage is perfect. And, 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 and sometimes because the decisions are not clear, because we don't know what the right decision is, we don't make any decision at all. We, we just do nothing because we can't pinpoint what is the perfect will of God. What, what do we do? So we make no decision. But let me tell you something. Indecision is a decision. When you choose to do nothing, it is still a choice. And indecision is the enemy of progress. The direction of your life that you want to go, if you sit in the valley of indecision, it hinders your progress. So why do we struggle to make good decisions? Well, I think we're overwhelmed by choices, and I think we're all afraid to make the wrong choice. And the third reason, and this is really where I want to hang out today, is that we let our emotions overrule logic. We let our emotions overrule our logic. Now, you've, if you've spent any time here, you know that I teach that we need to let our choices lead and our feelings follow. That's easy to say and hard to do. Can I get an amen? amen. It is. It's easy to say and hard to do. It's easy to say, I'm going to let my choices lead and my feelings will follow that thing. But it, that's just not the way most of us live our lives. Most of us live our lives following our emotions and letting them get the best of us. And it's interesting, though, because some of the decisions that we make, we spend a lot of time analyzing them, right? We spend a lot of time trying to figure out, okay, what is the best decision? And so we look into it, we research, and we study. Something like, you know, what new show am I going to binge right now? Like, you'll spend hours researching, like, what, what is the next best show for us to watch? But when it comes time for for like, like really important things, we make snap emotional decisions. We spend way too much time over, over analyzing the things that just don't matter. Like I don't know about you, but when I pack and go on a trip, do you know the thing that I overanalyze the most? How many pairs of underwear I should pack? <laughs> you can ask my wife. It's like everything else is laid out there, and I'm like, okay, if I take this, I'm, I'm counting, I'm doing math, like, well, but if this happens, then I'll need this, and... And it's just all about my underwear. It's all about the underwear. So much time on something. So just, just put them all in there. You know what I mean? Just, just dump the whole drawer. Why, why are you like belaboring the point here on the underwear, Aaron? Why do you keep mentioning it to us? We overanalyze what doesn't matter, don't we? Spend too much time on stuff that just isn't important. But when it comes to important stuff, we tend to react in the moment. We let emotions overrule logic. Like, for example, if your kid gets, gets uh, upset at you or, or there's an altercation between you and your kid, that logic says be patient with your kid, but your emotion says that I'm going to match their energy level and I'm going to yell. Right? Or there's an unexpected temptation that comes your way. Like, man, you did not expect to be hit at this moment with that kind of temptation. And logic will tell you that engaging with that temptation is not wise, but your emotions say, well, you deserve it. 
You can handle it. I mean, after all, how long has it been since you've had some? You're doing fine. We just lie to ourselves and our emotions get the best of us. And so often, it's the emotional decisions that hurt us the most, isn't it? It's the ones that we make without thinking clearly about them that hurt us the most. That's why it's important that we don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. Young people, listen to me as I plead with you. The internet is forever. It is forever. Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. We cannot let our emotions rule our lives. Our choices need to lead and our feelings need to follow. Why is this so important? Because the quality of our decisions determines the quality of our lives. We make our decisions and our decisions make us. All right, so there's the introduction to my sermon. Let's get into it. That was just the beginning? (laughs) Sort of. One of the best tools to live a forward-looking life a life where we are people-loving and God-honoring and glorifying life, is to decide now what you will do later. We're, we're calling that, that pre-deciding or the power of pre-deciding. The best tools in, life, in your life that you'll have that'll be, that'll be worth having around for the rest of your life is the ability to decide now what you will do later. There is power in choosing ahead of time how you will behave in a moment. And as followers of Christ, I'm asking, I'm asking you to, to join me over these next few weeks as we dive into this topic. And all together, let us ask God to help us to be in a position where we pre-decide some things. And I think that with God's help, we will be able to determine our course of action before the moment of decision. Proverbs 16:3 says, "Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans." Now, whatever it is that you're going to do, whatever choice you're going to make, let's commit it to God. Let's make sure that it's in alignment with his purpose, with his plans for us first. And if we do that, then he'll establish our plans. He'll give us the plan. He'll show us what to do. Say, "God, I want to I want to commit to you my plans for dating. I want to commit to you my plans for marriage. I want to commit to you uh, my, my parenting decisions, my financial decisions. Show me the way. I want to commit to you my professional pathway and my relationships. I want to commit to you all these things. And if you'll choose to commit those things to God, every part of your life, then he'll show you the way to live them out. He will show you his best for you. And so you can pre-decide. And so the statement that we're going to make and hang out on is, when faced with blank, I have pre-decided to blank. That when we commit our ways to God, when faced with blank, we already know what God's response is to it. We already know what he wants us to do with it. And so because we know, we're going to go ahead and pre-decide that when we're faced with this, we're going to do this. We're going to pre-decide. Here's how that can play out in our lives by God's grace. We can say that when we're faced with temptation to make an impulse purchase, instead, I'm going to wait three days and think about it and pray about it instead of running out and spending money that might blow our budget. Or when I'm faced with worry, 
I have pre-decided to take that burden to God and turn my worry into worship, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. We've decided that we're all done with unhealthy coping. Or somebody cuts you off in traffic. (laughs) When faced with that situation, we're going to pray that they go to heaven instead of telling them to go to hell. You know what I mean? (laughs) Come on, somebody. That's the truth right there. That's good. We see examples of this all throughout Scripture. People that pre-decided, this is how I'm going to live my life. They predecided a way to live their lives that would live in a way that would honor God. In Genesis 22, God told Abraham to offer his son Isaac up as a sacrifice. He said, take him up on the mount. He said, you're going you're to sacrifice him to me. And Abraham knew God's quality, and he knew his character. He even trusted that if he were to sacrifice Isaac, because Isaac was the promised one who God said, this child is who I'm going to raise up generations through you, he believed that God, even though he'd never seen it happen before, if he sacrificed his son on an altar, that God would raise him back to life. He trusted him completely. So he goes up on the mountain to do just that. Of course, if you don't know the end of the story, an angel stops him. He doesn't actually do it. I just want you to know that. But there's, he decided he was going to trust God. So therefore, he goes up the mountain, ties his kid up, lays him on the altar, raises the knife, and God stops his hand. And Ruth, the book of Ruth, there's a, the character named Ruth, whose mother-in-law, her name was Naomi. Naomi's had a bad situation happen. Her husband's died, her sons have died, and now her two daughter-in-laws, she's like, listen, I'm going back to my homeland. I got nothing left to offer you. And she says, I'm releasing you back to your people. And one daughter went the other way. But Ruth said, I'm committing myself to you. I'm committing myself to the way of, you, of life of your people and to your land. I am committed to you where you go, no matter what, I go. Daniel chapter 1, Daniel and his friends were, were uh, exiled from Israel and taken to Babylon. There they were taken to this foreign land in order to be brainwashed, to be introduced to their culture. And as they inundated them, these people of influence with the Babylonian culture, the, the goal was to send them back to their home countries and carry that culture with them, their belief systems and their values. And so Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go there, but they decided ahead of time they were not going to eat the food that was offered to them at the king's table because it had been offered to idols first. They said, no way, we wouldn't dishonor God. And so in Daniel 1.8, it says, Daniel resolved. That means he predecided. He predecided not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. Now, here's what's interesting. Daniel didn't wait till he was hungry to make that decision. Daniel didn't wait until he was looking at the menu to make a decision. Daniel knew that when they brought him in and sat him down, I'm not eating this food. That was the end of the story for Daniel. Hebrews predecided that it was a no, that honoring God to him was more important in that moment than honoring any king who walked this earth. Daniel knew what he valued, and so he pre-decided. And as we move towards the close of this year, good God, can it really be time to start saying that? Yes. It's mid-October, y'all. We're headed towards November and December, and it's done. As you look toward or look over this year of your life, what would your life 
stories so far this year tell you that you value? What do you value? And the things that you value, would you say that your year reflects the things that you value? Or does your year reflect that your values are actually in a different place? So for an example, if you say, I'm a person of integrity, I, I value integrity. Integrity, is its root word is this word integer, which means a whole number, right? It means one thing. It means that, that you would be the same at work as you are at home, as you are at church, as you are wherever you go. You're the same person. You're a wholehearted individual, and you value integrity. But is that the way you live your life? Are you the same person here as you are at home? Are you the same person in public as you are in private? What about, some people say, well, I value faithfulness. Faithfulness to God, faithfulness to friends, faithfulness to my community, faithfulness to the ministry God has given me and the calling he has on my life. I value that. Does your year reflect that? I value purity because the world is filled with filth and I want to honor God. I want to honor my, my spouse. I want to honor myself. And if you don't have a spouse now, I want to honor my future spouse. Does your year reflect that? Does your year of decision-making reflect that? Or some of you might be like, well, I value generosity. I value being a generous person. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. And he didn't just give a little. He gave it all. He gave his best. And he didn't give expecting anyone to actually receive it. He gave it before anybody was lining up asking for it. He gave it all, and he gave his best. You say, I want to be just like God. I want to give. That's who I want to be. I want to be a giver. I want to be a tither. I want to be somebody who gives above and beyond. Does your year reflect that you have those values? If you say that's what you value, does it, does it really show that? Maybe this year, maybe, maybe you're recognizing in this moment that, man, I would say those are my values, but somehow I drifted. Somehow... I've gotten a little fuzzy on my values. What would the people around you say that you value? What is their experience with you communicating your values? It's important. It's important that we reflect on these things. And it's important as Christians that the values we have in place be pulled from Scripture and are ever before us and ever so clear because when your values are clear... Your decisions are easier. When your values are clear, your decisions are easier. See, based on what you value, you'll decide now what you will do later. So, what do your values determine? When you're faced with blank, I've predecided to do what? How does that play out? See, predeciding will save us future pain. It will save us the fatigue of having to, to, to decide because in the moment, if we're exhausted, we're going to make the wrong decision. It will save us having to deal with our emotions in that moment. It will save us from being overwhelmed by all the choices that are available to us. Deciding now for then is a game changer. Amen, everybody? It's a game changer. What we don't realize is that our decisions that we make today are rarely isolated. It's not just a one-off and done kind of thing. Every decision we make is driving our futures forward. Every decision determines the direction of our lives. 
and direction, the direction you're heading, my friends, it determines your destiny, determines where you're going to wind up, your destination. So let me ask, if your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, do you like the direction your decisions are taking you? And if you don't like the direction, the good news is you have time to take your life back. You have the ability to predecide to do something different, to surrender the life that you current ha- currently have for the life that you value and desire most. But it will cost you that. It will cost you that. Why is this so important? My goodness, friends. Because if there is a destiny and a destination we want to arrive at, we've got to determine our decisions today. We have to determine them. In fact, as a church, we have a vision of reaching people that are far from God and teaching them to follow Jesus step by step. That's a value that we have. We value people, and we value you having a relationship with God. And so everything we do around this church runs through that vision statement. We understand who we are. We understand what we're doing. And when something comes up for us to be able to do something that does not match that vision, we say no to it. If it does match that vision, we say yes to it. You need to understand your values because your values will help you have clarity on the direction that you're going. Now, real talk, just being honest here, I think that, that as I examine my own heart, and really I think, I think this is common across the board, I think there are six issues that each of us have with ourselves uh, that I have with myself, and, and, and most of you have these issues too. And the first issue when it comes to, to decision-making is that our lives in general <coughs> is that we're inconsistent. I know I can be inconsistent. I, I can show up one day with high energy, another day with low energy. I can show up one day with good attitude and another day with poor attitude, and I just want to burn it all down to the ground. Hello, anybody know what I'm talking about? Some days I'm a, I'm a great people person and I love connecting with people. Thanks, John. Some days I'm a great people person and I love to connect with them. Other days all I want to do is hide in a hole and play video games. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, all right. There's, there's, I, mean, I can be very inconsistent. Some days I'm riding high in faith and other days I feel like I'm just barely hanging on to the cross. Some days I feel like I'm doing great with Jesus. Other days I feel so far. I can be inconsistent. I can be unprepared, and I hate that. I can be unprepared, specifically in an area where the enemy attacks me. Sometimes I'm I'm not just not ready, not mentally ready. I don't have my guard up, and my guard is down, and I'm just not prepared for an an attack of the enemy, and, and he wins a battle sometimes. Sometimes I'm not very intentional about my life. I'll be very unintentional. And I'll live my life in such a way that it just doesn't matter. Not being proactive, not living a prayerful life, having meetings and conversations and just kind of letting them be what they're going to be instead of taking them, taking them by the horns and saying, let's have an intentional conversation here. Let's, let's be uh, uh, intentional in the way that we talk, in the way that we live. I can be selfish. Anybody else be selfish? I don't want to be selfish, but I am tend to take care of me first. Of course, when everybody's watching, I'll take care of everybody else first. Uh Uh-oh. We don't like this. Making us a little bit uncomfortable, Pastor Aaron. 
It's okay. No, I'm right there with you. I can be short-sighted. I can do things that feel good now that, 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 that are going to hurt me in the long run. And I can quit when things get tough. Anybody relate? My, my form of quitting when things get tough, you can ask my, the, the pastoral team here. When things get tough and, and, man, things aren't going my way and it's a rough day, there's one thing that I want to do, and it's take a nap. It's kind of like calling it quits on the day. You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't, want a day, I don't want it today anymore. <laughs> Just take a nap, and we'll try again tomorrow. I can be that guy. I can be that guy. But for the next few weeks, what I'm going to try to compel you towards is six pre-decisions that upend these areas in our lives where we tend to, to not do so well. And we're going to make some pre-decisions about who we are and what we value. Because if you know who you are, then you know what to do. Your values are clear. Your decisions are easier. And since we know where we are most vulnerable, we're going to give these six pre-decisions that fly in the face of those weaknesses. So I'm going to throw them up here on the screen here. And, uh, and you'll see them. Actually, in this moment, what we're going to do is our, our uh, host team has these stickers that if you'd like one, they're just going to pass them down the rows. You can take one or just keep passing them if you don't want to. But uh, they are a reflection of, these, of this graphic here where we're going to be focused over the next, the next six weeks. And, uh, and so those are coming down your aisles. Just make sure you keep passing them around. But the first one says that I am ready. I am ready. So we're going to make some predecisions that as a people, we are going to be ready. That when the enemy attacks, we're going to know how he attacks. We're going to be wise to the way that he tries to get into our lives, the footholds that he tries to make into our lives. And we're going to be on guard. We're going to watch and we're going to pray. Everybody say, I am ready. Then we are going to be consistent. We are going, it's very easy in our lives to vacillate from one idea to the other. <coughs> we are going to make a decision to be consistent instead of inconsistent. Everybody say, I am consistent. And in a world where people stray from God and get disconnected, we are going to be people who make decisions to be connected to God. So we, we are going to be devoted. Everybody say, I am devoted. And in a world that tends to be selfish, we're going to remember that everything we have is God's anyway. And because it's his, we can do with it what he tells us to do with it. We're just stewards. We're, we're just shepherding this thing for the moment. We don't own anything. So whatever God tells us to do with all that we have, our time, our talent, our treasure, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be committed to being generous. Everybody say, I am generous. And then in a world where unfaithfulness seems to be the norm, we are not going to be the normal Christians. Amen, everybody? We are going to be faithful. Say, I am faithful. And then we're going to make sure that our lives always honor God, that we live our lives with excellence, that we don't back down, and that we always finish what God has set us out to do, just like Jesus did on the cross. There was a work that God sent him to do. And when he's hanging there on that cross, he said, it is finished. And I want to be a finisher. I want to get to heaven. And I want God to look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so we are going to be finishers. Everybody say, I'm a finisher. finisher. These are our commitments. And these stickers are for you to place in a a place that you can see it, that you can be reminded that that I am ready, that I am consistent, I am devoted. I am generous, I am faithful, and I am 
a finisher. With God's help, we are pre-deciding today. No matter what we did yesterday, it doesn't matter. Nobody in this room is going to be held to the standards of what we've done yesterday. We are going to be held to the standards we are committing to today. We are pre-deciding now. So one day, when we're tired, we make the right choice. So one day, when we're overwhelmed, when we're angry, emotional, discouraged, and depressed, that we get to look back and say, what is it we value in this moment? This is not how I want to show up. In fact, I've already pre-decided this is how I'm going to behave. So when that happens, this is going to be my response. That our decisions will not be based on emotions in the moment, but on the values that God has placed in our hearts. Remember, when your values are clear, so are your decisions. They are easy to make. And the good news is we're not saved by the quality of our decisions, are we? It's not what saved us. We're saved by the grace of God. We're saved by what Jesus did for us on the cross, who, by the way, the author and the finisher of our faith, that's Jesus, he predecided some things too. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying, just before he would be taken and put on a, an illegal trial that happened in the middle of the night, where he would be punched and spit upon and later publicly humiliated long before he would ever be shamed upon a cross. He's praying in the garden. And three times he prayed, Father, if there's some other way we can do this. Let's do it. But he landed in a place, no matter what, let your will be done and not mine. No matter what. What I want is to do an easy way. I don't want to go through this hard thing. Whatever you want is what I'll do. He knew the plan, and he predecided. And you know the rest of the story. He gave his life for us. And because God loved us that much, what do we do? What is our response? Well, as Christians, it's to commit everything to the Lord. Lord means he's in charge. Lord means he's the boss. That we, that we do whatever he tells us to do. We commit everything to the Lord and he establishes our plans. He tells us how to live our lives. And with God's help, we will predetermine our choices. That means we'll determine our course of action before the moment of decision so that we can honor God with our lives. And I'm inviting you to join me the next six weeks. I'm inviting you to take these biblical values and bury them deep within your heart so that you can make choices that honor God. Because when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. Let's pray. Father, today, we're just beginning this, and I can already sense that the enemy is not having it. I can already sense some shame over previous decisions. I can already sense some yeah buts. Yeah, but you don't know, Aaron, what my situation is, and you don't know what I'm up against. Deciding some of those things would be just too difficult. You don't know the pains that I've experienced. I've decided those things before. I'm sensing resistance 
in the room. And Lord, I just pray that you would give us a renewed heart and a renewed spirit. Lord, that you would show us all of the ways that you have been faithful to us so that we can, by your grace and your mercy, forgive those who have hurt us, to also release the pain of previous decisions to you, understanding that there's no shame, there's no condemnation for those of us that are in Christ, that you know what we did and you're not mad at us. You know the mistakes that we've made and you're not angry. You love us all the same. God, knowing that you refuse to shame us allows us to come to you boldly before your throne to surrender our lives, to surrender our choices, to surrender everything to you because you are trustworthy. You are good. You are our provider. Lord, throughout this series, I pray that all the baggage we bring to a conversation like this, that we would pre-decide right now to choose to surrender it to you. To choose to trust you no matter what to open our hearts and our lives to that today. Some of you today, as we continue in this moment, you need to make a decision now. And it's a decision that you will decide now and then you will pre-decide for every day of your life. And that is simply that you're going to trust Jesus. You're going to let him be Lord of your life. You see, what comes along with that is the full and fulfilled life you're looking for comes along with that is forgiveness and a brand new start. What comes along with that is eternity in heaven. There's so much that God has to offer you through his son Jesus. And today, you can decide today and pre-decide for every day that stretches out in front of you. Not that you're going to be perfect, but that you're going to be committed to following him. The Bible says that when you make mistakes, if you'll confess your sins, he'll forgive you. He's faithful even when we're not. This is not about perfection. This is not about having everything all together and doing it all right. This is about being committed to a journey with Jesus that means experiencing his grace moment by moment. If you're ready to have a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna pray a prayer and lead you in the words. But I'd love to know that you're here and you're making that commitment today. And if you're making that commitment, would you just slip your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me today. I'm choosing today. I'm deciding today and I'm pre-deciding every day that goes out ahead of me. I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to mess it up, but I'm going to trust him with my life. Thank you for your hands. Thank you for your hands. Everybody, let's pray together out loud. And I mean everybody, all of you Christians praying out loud. People are making decisions today. They're giving their hearts and their lives to Jesus. Don't you leave them hanging out there. They belong in the family. And as a family together, we will pray and say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Be Lord. Forgive me of my sins. And show me how to live for you. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me to pre-decide to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you made that decision today, I want to welcome you to the family. And Simple Church, come on, can we welcome those who said yes to Jesus today? Let them know.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship, where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. and hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.